Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. I'm going to tell on him to, I mean, he, he's a jokester. You know, he loves to, if you spend any time with him, if you're in any meetings, there's always a joke. You know, so it's like, it's lighthearted and it, it's helpful. It's helpful to go through life because life, you know, you need lightheartedness, right? So he turned 64 this week and in the middle of the night, at 2.30 in the morning, he's decided to serenade me and he was singing to me, will you still need me? Will you still feed me <laughs> when I'm 64? Where he remembered that from? It's like as though he was waiting to use that line. You know? it's like, oh goodness! Okay, well, thank you, Jesus. And uh, okay, I'm going to share with you this morning, like um, like I'm reading Bible studies to my kids, my my grandkids, just telling stories of, and it's going to be from Joseph about character development. Okay, so it's like I'm not this, you know, I mean, I haven't spoken in two years. I do a lot of exhorting and things, but not, not teaching as much. But I want to, I feel like the Lord put this on me. Like he wants, you know, every, we have some amazing teachers here. I'm so thankful for the staff, everybody that preaches, amazed. Like I, I think, oh my gosh, there's so much great meat. You know, God, why, why do you want me to share? But anyway, I'm doing it out of obedience, and I, you know, just everybody has a different perspective, right, and we all learn from each other, okay, so Holy Spirit, whatever you want to get across to each one's heart, let them hear that, let them not hear the negativity, let them not hear the voices of the enemy, but Lord, I just thank you that they're going to hear freedom, that they're going to actually hear the freedom bells ringing over their lives and over their hearts, for freedom for themselves and for their families, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're familiar with the story of Joseph in the Old Testament, we know he went through a lot of character development to get to where he could lead second in command next to Pharaoh, right? And it took a lot. Okay, Genesis 37. We'll start with the initial story where he was helping out his brothers and he was like the family tattletale. Okay, Genesis 37.2. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, now he's young, right? That's pretty young, okay? He was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Well, now who's Bilhah and Zilpah? You know, they're, they're okay, we'll read, I'll read Genesis 35, explaining who they are. You don't have to turn to that one unless they get it up. It's 35, 25. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's maidservant, that's his mom, was Rachel, were Dan and Naphtali, and the sons of Zilpah, Leah's maidservant, were Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padam Aram. So it could be that mm, he's, he's like looking at these guys like kind of skeptical to begin with because they're his, they're his half-brothers, but not just his half-brothers, they're from the maidservants. They're not from Rachel and they're not from his aunt, you know, um, his aunt Leah. So I, I don't know for sure, the scripture doesn't tell us that, but he, he definitely had an attitude, you know, and he was like, well, I'm going to tell you my dad what they were doing wrong. 
you know, and that's not, that's not healthy, okay? So, you know, when you see things like that in kids, we always try to steer them away and talk to them and teach them. He's 17. All right, so let's see how the story develops. We'll go to Genesis 37, and I think it's like verse 3. Okay, it's starting from verse 3. Okay, this is, you'll see there's a problem here in the family. You, you know, you want to dysfunction, <laughs> okay? All right. Now, Israel, this is the dad. Israel loved Joseph more than any of the other sons. Well, that's a problem. Because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him, or some versions say a tunic of many colors. So he loved him because it was, he was born to him in his old age. It was a soulish connection. It wasn't even something to say, well, you know, I saw the spirit of God on him. I know one day he's going to do great things. No, he loved him because it says, it says, that's what we're told, is that he was born to me in my old age. Well, you got some soulish things you got to deal with because you're supposed to, you know, love equal your kids. You want to bring them into the nurture of the Lord. You, don't, you want to make it easier for them to have relations and relationships that are healthy with their brothers and sisters and, and to think rightly of themselves. Okay, so, but uh, if we keep reading on the story, all right, in verse 4, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Some translations say that they couldn't even speak to him, Okay. Forget about peacefully. Couldn't even say a kind word, nothing. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamt. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more. So that's a strong word. That's like three hates for the dreams and for his words. Now, last night I was putting my grandson to bed, and I was reading him the Bible story from the children's Bible. And they showed the story of the, of the coat, you know, the, Joseph's beautiful coat that he gave to, that was given to him from his dad. Okay, and it was like this beautiful, colorful thing, long, everything. And it showed the other 10 brothers <laughs> wearing patches on their coats. <laughs> and they were saying, the caption was, we want a nice rope too. You know, just to help you, help illustrate it for us. Like, it's our responsibility to love well. Everyone, whether they were born in our old age, whatever color, whatever race, it does, we're supposed to love well, period. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, I've done a silly thing in my own life. Uh, I, you know, every year we decide, like, okay, what, how much money am I going to spend on birthday presents for kids, grandkids, okay? And I have to keep a tally because I want to be fair. <laughs> like it seems kind of silly but I you know I just I don't want problems in the family you know so I want I just think of it like 
that's how I felt to do it doesn't mean, you know, you have to do anything like that. But that's what I wanted to do to just try and, and keep it, keep it, um, what's that? Equitable. Okay, well, it's like, I was going to keep it, keep it fair. Thank you, Sal. Translate. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, so now he has another dream besides. Then he dreamt still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamt another dream. And they're like, great. And, the and this time, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you dreamt? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? A little too late. He's 17 years old, and now you're going to try and put some discipline or parameters? What have you been doing all your life with him? You know, you've, you've really separated him. He has, there's 12 of them, right? They're the, the 12 tribes of Israel. It kind of comes from the patriarchs, you know. And he, he did have a younger half-brother, I mean, younger full brother, also Benjamin. But I don't, it doesn't, the scriptures don't say that Benjamin was treated this way. Anyway, it's a... The head, he's so heady, it's out of control. Like, you know, but there's a call on his life. Okay. But God, God can do it if we just allow him as the potter and we are just the clay. As long as we don't get off the potter's wheel and we allow him to press on those areas, he can take whatever's there and make it gold. He can refine it. All right, so um, let's go on in the storyline. Verse 18, uh, 37, verse 18. Okay, his dad just before this told him, go find your brothers now, see how they're doing. Now the other 10, not, not the, the maidservant sons. See how they're doing. They, they went far to do the sheep, you know, to, to do the sheep. To, to feed the sheep. They were, they were in Dothan. It's really far, so he might have been walking a couple days to get there. And it says, it's so funny. It says in 18, it says, they saw him afar off. Yeah, he's wearing the neon coat. Like, you know, everybody, you know, a mile away, you could still see him. You know, like, it's so colorful, right? So they saw him from afar away, and they conspired against him to kill him. And they said to one another, look, this dreamer's coming. Come, therefore, let's kill him now and cast him into some pit. And we'll say some wild beast has devoured him. And we'll see what becomes of his dreams then. Huh, I'll tell you. Okay. So uh, a little further down, I, I, you know, we're going to skip. I know it's such a great story. It's really one of my favorites because of the reconciliation. But we can't read everything. I encourage you to read it. We've gone through it through the Bible reading plan. And it just sparked all over again in me. You know, we did it. Uh, the beginning of January. Okay, we'll go down to verse 26. Judah said to his brothers, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let's just sell him to the Ishmaelite traders that are coming by. Let not our hand be on him, for he's our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, saw the brothers um, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him up out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And then they took Joseph to Egypt. 
So they concocted the plan. They were going to take the tunic, this beautiful coat, and they were going to slaughter some animal, put blood on it, and bring it back to their dad and say, do you recognize this coat? Do you recognize the coat? Of course. Like, and, and the brother, the father then looked at the coat. You know, they actually did this. And the father said, oh, a wild beast has devoured him. Without doubt, Joseph is torn to pieces. And this is in verse 33. And then we keep going down to verse 36, and we see what happened to Joseph. Now, the Midianites did indeed sell him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard. Okay. Even when you're sold into slavery and there's a call on your life, the favor is there and it's not going to be retracted. You know that you're all sons of Abraham and daughters, right? And you're grafted into the vine of Jesus if you know Jesus, right? So favor is on your life. Can you say, favor is on my life? That's right. Now say it like you mean it. Favor is on my life. That's right. It is. It is. So we could see what happened to him, even though he's a slave, in Genesis 39, four times in Genesis 39, it's very clear the favor's on him. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Verse 4, so Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him observer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. Um, I said, verse, verse 3, the master saw that the Lord was with him. This is Potiphar, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So even where you work, wherever you are, because favor is on you, it is a distinguishing mark. It was on his father too late, you know, when, when um, Jacob, Israel, served Laban. Laban recognized that all, the, all the, um, the cattle and so forth, that they kept multiplying the way they were multiplying. He knew that there was favor. He said it many times. God has blessed me because of you. So recognize you move in favor. Okay, and if there's any things that have to shift in your mind to get you out of the wrong belief system and why, we're, we're going to you know, deal a little bit with that. Now, uh, you, we know Potiphar's wife is like, oh, you know, she wanted to sleep with him and um, he wouldn't. And then Potiphar you know, said, oh, he tried to rape my wife. He wound up in prison. Okay, now he's in prison in same chapter 39, but verse 21, the favor never leaves him. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So favor doesn't go away. Your circumstances may change so that God can prune out the stuff in there that's not supposed to be there, but the favor will still remain. Verse 23 Again, from 39, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Amen. Now, one time I was told that if God's with you, you won't have any problem, you know, like you will never lose a job, 
I was told this. And it was like, I was like, it was hard because at that time, my husband had lost a job. And it was like, oh, I guess I, I did something wrong, you know? And so it's like, okay, we got to check all those things at the door. You know, is, it, is that truth? Is that scriptural? Because I don't know, my, my, <laughs> my Bible tells me that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Okay, John 15, 2. So it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. It just means that the theology of why it's happening, you have to check it and say, okay, God, what do you want to show me out of this? Help me to keep my heart pure. Help me to keep my heart right. You know? So thank you, Jesus. The suffering can cause, if we allow it, it can drive out a lot of the self in us that's still alive. And when God is with you, he does prune you. Ouch. But it's not to hurt you or harm you. And that's, I think, where the theology could be wrong. He prunes us because he loves us, and he wants to see much greater fruit come out of us. Um, I said earlier, you know, like... Um, Years ago, when we were reviewing what, you know, what our core beliefs were as a church and as a house, I remember we, we spoke to Will Hart, who, who is, um, you know, he's, he helps uh, a Heidi with Iris Global, which is a missionary organization. And one of their core values is suffering. Because that's in the scripture that you're going to suffer for Christ, you know, and it's like, Okay, okay, Western church, like that's hard for us to swallow. Ooh. So, um, yeah, so all these things were shaping my theology through the years. You know, it's like, all right, it's not, I didn't do something wrong. So get that out of your mind. Just because a bad thing or you're in a bad situation, it doesn't mean you did something wrong. It means God wants to produce some good fruit out of you. He wants a good character built up inside of you. Amen. Okay. So, so, you know, when Potiphar's wife was, uh, she was tempting him and all this. Okay. It's uh, Genesis 39. Again, we're still going to go, we're going to go back a little bit. Genesis 39, 9. Well, I'll start from 8. Okay. And he refused her. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has in my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept anything from me but you because you are his wife. So how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? All right. So he has, it's still the self thing is still going on in him. Now we don't know how old he is. We know he was 17. And now it's between... Yeah, it's between 17 and 30, because by the time he gets to Pharaoh, he's 30. But the Lord's working in him, this character. But it's still going on, because there's an I in there. There's no one greater in this house than I. We're all replaceable. Sorry. Ouch. So we, God wants to work the eye out of that promotion. And, you know, because, you know, you're not going to, 
the, the scriptures also say you're praised, you're, you're challenged, you're tested by the praises you receive. It's not the hardships, but it's the praises. So you want to be sure that you're in a good foundation so he can trust you with more. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so don't curse your prison and don't curse your desert. The Lord will use it so you can be trusted with the more. He uses adverse circumstances to work out character. But even in that, we have a choice not to get bitter, allow it to shape us, and, and you know, don't sleep with Potiphar's wife. It's going to derail your promise. <laughs> I love this, though. It's not the just accusations that shape us. It's the unjust ones. So now he's unjustly accused in the prison. He was unjustly sold. Although you could say he's a brat. He needed it. But I, it's like, but it's the unjust things that are causing that friction. Because your justice meter's up. That's not fair. How could this happen to me? Okay, I love this scripture, Romans 5, but I want it in the Amplified Classic. This, this was a scripture that spoke a lot to me during our own personal times of um, testing. Romans 5, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. It speaks about trials, but it gives you like a very hopeful understanding. Amen. Moreover, let us also be full of joy now. Let us exult and triumph in our troubles and rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that pressure and affliction and hardship produce patient and unswerving endurance, and endurance fortitude develops maturity of character, approved faith and tried integrity, and character of this sort produces the habit of joyful and confident hope of eternal salvation and such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. Did you hear that? Your difficulty is not meant to shame you. Your difficulty and your trial is not meant to like cause guilt all over you and like, oh, I've done something so wrong. No, it's meant to bring you freedom. He does not bring difficulty in you to take you down. He brings a trial to make you triumph. It's got to be turned around if we don't get bitter. We have to trust him to work it out. And, and you know, I was thinking, like, wow, if I were thrown into a prison, right, I'd be like, who do I know? <laughs> what phone call can I make? To, somebody advocate for me. Get me out of here. Yeah, right now. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, and I've tried, we've all tried, I'm sure, to do things in the flesh to get us out of the situation that we're in. I, I mean, I, sometimes I think through every possible thing how to get out of this. And sometimes it's just the Lord. It ends and starts with him, just holding on to Jesus. And he's going to, He's going to make the way. Ask the Lord to give you the right attitude and the grace during the pruning. We say this especially to younger people all the time. There's no one 
that can steal your promotion. There's no one that can stop your advancement. There's nothing that can stop the call of God in your life except you. No one is that big. No one can hold you down. There's no boss. There's no and nothing that can hold you down. You saw what happened in Joseph. It's, it's your inheritance of favor. But you need to be the trusted one for whatever he wants in your life. So build that character with him. Okay? God is so big, he'll get you where you've got to go. All you have to do is have a yes in your heart. All right. I love, I love Psalm 105, too, starting from verse 17, because it actually tells the story of Joseph in the Psalms. It says, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. I don't know if I would have lasted until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Oh. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions. It was a 13-year journey of character development. So how many people want to be a leader? This is what you... This, this is it. You want to be a leader? You don't, I mean, you don't know what you're asking for. Like, look at this, this is hard stuff. It's, that's God's leadership development. It cannot be bypassed. And if it is, you see a lot of people falling. You've got to allow his process in your life. It's safety. Safety. You want to climb the mountain? You never climbed a mountain before? You better put the gear on. Safety. It's him. It was 13 years. Okay, so in prison he was humbled, no longer prideful. The eye got out of there. And, you know, it's all before the childhood dreams of promotion could really come to pass. So then the story goes on that he's in the prison and the cupbearer and the baker come in there and they both have dreams one night and he interprets both of them. But for the cupbearer, that was a good interpretation, right? He was like, oh, well, in three days, you're going to be restored to your position. And he says to him in verse 14, ch chapter 20, verse 14, remember me when it's all with you. Remember, I interpreted the dream and you're going to be restored. Remember. And please, show kindness to me. Make mention of me. Tell, tell Pharaoh. <laughs> you know? And he says, make mention to me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also, I have done nothing here that they should put me in this dungeon. You know, sometimes you feel like you're so close. Like, oh, my breakthrough's coming. I feel it. I know it. It's in my bones. But it's another two years. He forgot about him. He forgot to tell Pharaoh about him. And it wasn't until Pharaoh has some dream that he can't interpret, and of course, God orchestrates it that no other magician can interpret it. And then the cupbearer remembers. Oh, there was this guy. I made a mistake. I should have told you. <gasps> oh, 
He brings him up another two years later. Wow. Can we handle that? Uh, so chapter 41, verse 16 so Joseph, oh, so he's in front of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's telling him his dream, and Joseph says, answers Pharaoh, saying, it's not in me. I don't know how to interpret dreams, but God will give Pharaoh the answer of peace. It got worked out of him. And then in verse 46 of chapter 41, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. Thirteen years to get this character built in. Don't curse today's circumstances. You're not staying there. You're not staying where you are today. You're on a journey. And you're not staying where you are. So don't curse it. Just trust the Lord. He's going to get you through. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So now let's do the restoration part with his brothers. Now, his heart was restored, but now it's gone. Oh, well, I haven't seen my brothers yet. Let's see what that looks like. You know, in your heart, you could say, I forgave. But when we see them again. <laughs> oh, he put them all in prison for three days. You know, okay. Okay. <laughs> You got to kill the revenge. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. All right. Chapter 42. <laughs> Joseph, verse 6. Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. And then verse 8 says, Joseph recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. I have to laugh with all, you know, like they're Semites, so they have the same skin color, but they're not, they're not able to recognize him. So it's like, you know, the higher up you are in Egypt, the more makeup you have to wear, men and women. You know, so, so he's wearing all this makeup. <laughs> Mariah did my makeup once. <laughs> At my daughter's wedding. <laughs> my husband was like, what's that? No, there's spiders on your eyes, like tarantulas. It's like, you're not going to recognize sometimes, you know. So if he's wearing like this gold apparel, you can't even see his head, you know, you might not recognize, right? You, you know, so it's like, okay. You don't recognize him, and you're using an interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Okay. Um, all right. So, you know, he was giving them a little bit of a hard time. And he, he put them in, um, he was like, how do I know you're not spies looking to spy out the land? And they're telling him, no, 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 we're, we're, all, we're 12 brothers, all of one father. One brother died. The, other, the youngest one is still with the father. And he's like, he's getting all the information. Okay, so my younger brother, Benjamin, is still Okay, okay. But he's, you know, a little, he's, he's figuring out what to do, you know. But he, righteousness of the Lord is, he's, he's worked it out in his heart. Uh, we'll go through it. So verse 18 of 42, 
He says, then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live for I fear God, because I told you he threw them in prison. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses and bring your youngest brother to me and your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. Okay, so, but, you know, they're like freaking out. And so verse 21, this is the brothers now like, Then they said to one another, we're truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul. And when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear, therefore this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, did I not speak to you, saying, do not sin against the boy, and you wouldn't listen to me? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. So I want to tell you that your sin will find you out. God wants to deal with heart issues. <laughs> Even things, so he's moaning, your sin will find you out. <laughs> Even things that are hidden for 13 years, they're lodged so deep in there. From 13 years ago, you don't think you can remember them. Oh, but then circumstances come up because the word also says... For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to the light. And that's Luke, New Testament, Luke 8, 17. So it's coming to the light, again, not to shame and not to blame. It's coming to the light so we could deal with these background issues and repent and get restored and get healed. That's the only intention of our Father. Glory. Okay. So, uh, let's see. Uh, and then, okay, we'll read a little more from Genesis 42. So we'll go 23. Ugh. They did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter, and he turned himself away from them and wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them, and he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Okay, so he's like, look, we're going to keep Simeon in the prison. It's, it's like a holding place to make sure you come back. You know, and then, because he also knew by this point, he knew why he was there. He was there to save a posterity of people, to save the nation of Israel, but also the Egyptians all the Canaanites, everybody that's around that region because it was going to be seven years of famine, right? It said that the Nile River at, during those days would overflow its banks every year and that whole area became fertile cropland. But for those seven years, for some reason, the Nile River did not overflow its banks and there was no good crops coming, you know, no, no abilities for farming. Okay, so they went back. They told their father, and their father was like, did you have to tell them I had another younger son? And they're like, no, but he, he interrogated us. We didn't know he was going to say you have to bring him. Da -da. Anyway, their food supply is diminishing again, and now their father says, well, you have to go back. He said, well, we can't go back unless you let Benjamin come with us. And like, you're going to bring my... I know Richie spoke about this. Like, you know, he was always... The father lived in perpetual state of grief. He never, you know, he had emotional issues. He had soulish issues. We could see that because the way he, he, he loved 
Joseph, it was a soulish thing, the way he loved him. It wasn't because the Lord showed him something about Joseph. There was soulish things. So he, he had soulish things like, oh, my son. All right. So then he got over it, and he said, all right, guys, go. Benjamin, well, they were going to starve. Everybody was going to starve. So he sent Benjamin with them. And chapter 45 is the reconciliation part. This is what we live for. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Especially if you're like a harmony person, and I'm a harmony person. I have to see like that. All right. Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud. And the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. They were shocked. And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me. So they came near. They said, I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold to Egypt. But now do not, therefore, be grieved or angry with yourselves. Here it is. The process came full circle. Because you sold me here, for God sent me here before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, but yet there's five more years to come. There'll be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and save your lives by a great deliverance. And now it was not you who sent me here, but God. I think right across this room right now, how many people do you have to forgive? that you've blamed for where you are right now. I think God's just going to highlight and bring to remembrance some situation, some people, just to forgive so you could be on your course huh, for favor. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. They're like, Shocked, shaking. Now, God worked through Joseph, but now he was working through the sins of the brothers. You know, he was trying to get them to receive that forgiveness now. Oh, to really repent of it. They had never told their father. Oh, confession, right? Confess your sins to one to another. You may be healed. Okay. But here was the 13-year process finally comes into focus. Somewhere between chapter 40 and 45, he gets that revelation, understanding, I'm here to help save lives. It's not about me. My life's not about me. I'm here to save lives. He's a type of Christ, right? It's just like one for all. Okay, then I, I love verse 14. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them, and after that his brothers talked with him. So, as I said, God wants to deal with the covered-up sin or the sins that, you know, he wants to restore the brothers now. If there's been guilt, if there's been shame, if there's been things in our past that maybe have been hidden down in the deep parts, he wants to bring it out for confession, for repentance, and maybe you need to forgive yourself and let go. 
so you could be reconnected to his plans and purposes fully for your life. Because they received it. They, they received that. They were crying together. They hugged. Oh, they went and got carts. They brought their father up. The father is alive from the dead again. And, and just the reconciliation was there. But 17 years later, Jacob, Israel dies. And they're freaking out. Uh-oh. Now he's really going to do revenge on us. And they plotted up this whole concoction. You know, they, they said, um, you know, well, they said Joseph's going to hate us. And they, like, they plotted up this whole thing that, you know, their father told them to say to him, he really has to forgive their sins. It was already forgiven. But they needed the reassurance, maybe because they didn't forgive themselves. Maybe they fully really hadn't come clean. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were still, har maybe they were harboring jealousy against their brother. That there was something there that they weren't truly forgiven, that they had to make up this concocted story. I mean, we'll just read it. it was, it's Genesis 50, you know, verse 15. So they already buried their father, 17 years. They're old now. This is, this is much older. Jo so, so, in other words, Joseph's 47. Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, and they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, again, another lie, right? Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we're your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? He wasn't going to harm them. In fact, they lived many, many, many years. Joseph lived to 110, and they were all protected. But it's stuff inside of us sometimes, you know. We don't think we're deserving of forgiveness. We don't think we're deserving of love. I don't know what it is, you know, but the Lord may be speaking to somebody, each one differently, when shame and guilt are lurking in the back of our minds and hearts. Sometimes we need an extra reassurance of God's intentions or even other people's intentions towards us. Oh, Joseph matured. He connected to the vine giver, but now the brothers needed to forgive themselves, the partnering over the bitter, over, you know, what they were dealing with. He forgave the wrongs done to him. And God's providence is to save nations. But now the brothers, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. He's like, I want to restore the brothers. This is a season for the shame and the guilt to come off the body. Because when shame and guilt comes off the body, there's so much more we can do when we partner with him. You know, my cousin would always tell us, in my family, we're born guilty. This is a very funny story about me. Okay, so my, I had a, a cousin who's older than me, and we're in Long Island, and she was going to teach me how to shoplift. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm okay, you know. So she picked up some makeup and was like, oh, my God, makeup. <laughs> 
So um, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so I was alone one day, and I, I tried this. But you know what? Thankfully, the fear of God was all over me that I got home, and I was like, I repented. I was like, I got to bring this thing back. I can't even throw it away. I was like, oh, what if I get caught if I bring it back? <laughs> I was in junior high. So I did, and I brought it back. And, you know, these, these are silly stories, but it's like to make a point of things even in our family line. How we talked about, so Joseph had this favor on his life that was on his dad's life, you know, with Laban and, the, you know, the, the abundance of the livestock. Favor, 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 right? But there are also some yucky things sometimes too, you know? So now here I am with kids and I'd be shopping with my kids and for some reason, the security guards in stores, I kid you not, would always follow me around. And at this point, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna steal a dime. <laughs> but I feel like, and the truth, they are. Like they're right with me here. It's like, okay, God, I know I repented of that thing when I was in junior high, but is there more in my family line that you want to get to because you want to clean it? Right? You want to cleanse the family line. Woohoo! So I started repenting. Okay, I repent for these lies. Anything I could think of. Daniel did this. You know, he did it for his whole nation. I repent of uh, people cheating on taxes. Every, anything I could think of because I want cleansed family line. Thank you, Jesus. And this is what God wants to do. He doesn't want things staying hidden. I know it's shameful, embarrassing, but he wants to break that off. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. So I feel like today, the same way that the brothers needed to be reassured, there are people in the room that need to be reassured that you're forgiven. I watched him come up. Sorry, it was very long today. <laughs> you have me. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. There's, there's two things here. So some people need, you know, the whole character development. You've got to say okay to it, you know. But then there also could be things like the, the being able to let go of the past wounds, the past hurts, and not, I, I need to be reassured again. Well, what is that? Why? There needs to be that healing, that deeper healing. Maybe forgive yourself. So if the Lord has spoken anything to you, the altar will be open. We'll have prayer uh, ministers here available to pray with you. Or you could just deal with it with Daddy. Right in your seat. But no, he loves you. He loves you. Amen. I bless you. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.